Hello, I'm Michael. I'm John. And I'm Andrew. Uh, welcome back to Toy Rewind. We are doing a deep dive this week into some of our favorite board games, specifically Parker Brothers, uh, and talking about the way that these basically shaped our childhoods. Uh, we played a lot of board games between the three of us, um, and you know, big on Monopoly, big on Clue, big on you know all these that we're going to talk about. Uh, but we're going to do a deep dive on Parker Brothers and how these games kind of got started and and everything. But uh, before we get into it too much, John, uh, give us a uh, give us a quick update on our socials. righty. so Instagram and Twitter at Toy Rewind Pod. Uh, you can join our Facebook group uh, and join in the conversation there. Check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Toy Rewind Pod. Uh, you can also check out our toy box showcases on both Facebook and Twitch. And they're also going to our YouTube channel, which we're working on getting all that set up and going like that. So you can check out all the lives there too. You can email us toy rewind podcast at gmail.com uh, and check out our website, toy Yep. Check those out. Be sure you uh, you follow us. We have some things we're going to be doing this week. Um, obviously, this is the week after Christmas. It is it's New Year's Eve, right? Am I correct on <laughs> yes. that? Yeah, yes, it's New Year's Eve. Is the earliest yep. that you can listen to this. New Year's Eve of 2020. So um, like it's have, 1999. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have the chance to get out of 2020 and maybe get into 2021. Who knows if it's going to be any better, but you know it won't be 2020. So uh, hopefully it will be. Uh, so if you're listening to this and it's New Year's Eve, go play some board games. This will be fun. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about some of these. We're going to have a lot of fun. Real quick, though, we've got our fun for all question. Uh, this is this is mostly probably for Michael, uh, but I know John will have some fun with it. Uh, I'll have a little fun with it, but but it's mostly probably for Michael. So uh, for the next 10 minutes, we're going to listen to Michael as he describes <laughs> his dream car. Um, and then John will probably have three minutes, and then I'll just tell you what mine is. It'll probably take like a minute. So, Michael, what is your? Uh, can you describe your dream car for us? Yeah, it's it's all metal, so <laughs> stainless steel. It has gold wing doors, and it was a big icon in the nineteen eighties. So, a, a DMC DeLorean is a my DMC DeLorean is my dream car. Um, I also have a backup. It's a uh, like a nineteen eighty six or eighty seven Monte Carlo Aero Coupe, which aren't. The arrow coops weren't produced as much because the the back windows was a little bit different. But um, but yeah, those were. Uh, I think the, the the DeLorean has always been uh, been one of my favorites growing up. Um, I remember this quick story. Um, my grandfather Pop he he uh, he worked for Wagner Cadillac there in Tyler, the parks manager for them, and Mr. Wagner always uh, in the early '80s actually had. He was always a Cadillac dealer, dealership, and he decided once to branch out with something else, and he brought in a DeLorean to try to sell the DeLorean, and it sat on the showroom floor forever. Uh, but I do remember it sitting there and going, looking at it and just drooling over it. So, um, But, yeah, <laughs> uh, but then after that, he went back straight Cadillacs, and that was it. So, um, But, yeah, I, I, the DeLorean, that's my, my number one dream car to have. Um, All right. John? <clears throat> All right, so mine would be, if I can describe it, it's black and gold, or gold trim, and it's got a screaming eagle on the front of it. So a 77 SE Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, 
That's a very I cool piece too. My one car that I would love to have more than anything. So. Those those are both really really good, and you know I'm glad they're kind of retroy. You know we are a rewind podcast, uh, <laughs> but mine's not much of a rewind. Um, as much as I love the old stuff, um, it would be fun to drive them. Uh, my dream car that I would love to have is a 2003 or 2004. They're very close to the same, but an Audi TT Roadster. Um, it would be flat black with black racing stripes off-centered on the driver's side um, so that they just barely pop out there. So, But an Audi TT Roadster uh, would be a lot of fun. So uh, Mike's got a DeLorean. John's got the... Uh, the smoking the bandit car, so yeah, I think we are good, and I think we're having some technical difficulties. I think we lost Michael, um, for a moment. Wait to see if he pops back in. Did we lose him completely, John? Uh, probably we've been having trouble with his. Yep, looks like he just popped out real quick. So, all right, well, real quick while we're waiting for him, um, I don't want to take up too much, but uh, let's talk about I mean, we just got through Christmas, I know we've got a lot of bunch of a bunch of stuff to kind of talk about. Um, and I was waiting for him to pop back in. So, John, give us a uh, give us some little ideas of some of the stuff that you picked up. I see your wall behind you is is filled up a little bit more. So, what do you got? Yeah. So, so for Christmas, I did get uh, my shield to mm-hmm. go along with my sword, which I'm so proud of that one. So happy you, to have you got that. your new Zelda shield there. Yeah, the Highland shield. So nice to have that one. And then uh, I got some more micro machines. Uh, let me think. Oh, that's one. Then I got a little military dude from mom and dad that was in my stocking. Uh, I did get Skeletor. Oh, Skeletor uh, from, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, that, was, that was in my stocking here. Just adding a few more things in there. And then uh, what else was there? I think that's about it right now. Anything big you got, Michael, to add to your collection? Um, I got that. Uh, I got this inside Ryan... Ryan inside Laney that I got from um, I got from Jackson. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's a good one. The car version of Ryan Blaney, who's a NASCAR driver. Yeah. So, cool piece. So yeah. I got I got a couple things. I got some Batman, some extra Batman pops that you know I are not Batman. They're the Impostor pops that I, I haven't had for a little while. Um, and uh, then I think we, we all got our signs from mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, mostly, I got a I got a bunch of avalanche stuff, uh, sports, sporty talk, sporty ball, actually sporty puck, I should say. Um, so yeah, you know, just some fun stuff that we got for Christmas. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's dig into Parker Brothers and let's talk about uh, some board games. You got some history for us, Michael? I do. How does how does my sound sound on the phone? I think I think you're okay. Okay. All right. So, um, let's see. The Parker Brothers, we're going to go over our Parker Brothers because we're talking about these board games. Um, it's just got uh, a little bit of history behind them. Um, they've been around for quite a while. So, um, the Parker Brothers, it was founded by George S. Parker. Uh, he believed that games should be played for enjoyment and, didn't, and did not emphasize morals or values like some of the games at the time did at, the, at that time um <clears throat> when he was 16 years old he created his first game called banking in 1980 and 1883 how far it is back in 1800 
banking is wow. yeah. So banking is a game uh, where players borrow money from the bank, and they try to grow that money by guessing how well they could do. Uh, the game included 160 cards, uh, which foretells their failure or success. <clears throat> the game was so popular uh, with his family and friends that his brother Charles um, urged him to publish it. Um, he spent $40 to publish 500 copies of the game and sold all but 12 of them. And he earned $100 profit off of that. So um, uh, Parker founded his, his game company shortly after that. Um, it was George S. Parker Company uh, in Salem, Massachusetts in 1883. Uh, when, when Charles joined the company in 1888, the name was changed to Parker Brothers. Okay. That was him and his brother. Uh, and then in 1898, 10 years later, his, his other brother, his third brother, Edward H. Parker, joined the company. So it's kind of like us, one, two, three. So. Um, <laughs> but, uh, George uh, designed most of the games himself and wrote all the rules. Uh, many of the games were based off events of the day. Uh, they had a game called Klondike, which had to deal with the gold rush at the time. Um, and then there was one called War in Cuba which dealt with the Spanish-American War. Uh, so it was just a lot of things happening at that time that he just kind of turned into games for people to play. So um, in 1906, uh, they, published the, they published the game called Rook, and it became the best-selling game in the, in the country. Uh, John's got a copy of that, a new version of it there. Yeah. Um, and then after... Uh, and uh, during the Great Depression, Parker Brothers released a new board game called, named Monopoly um, in 1935. And they originally rejected it the year before in 1934. So they turned around and said, that, heck, we'll, do, we'll go ahead and publish it. Um, and while other companies were going out of business uh, at that time because of the Great Depression, um, Parker Brothers couldn't keep up with the demand of the game. So they were selling so many of it they just couldn't keep up with it i guess because nobody else had anything to do but sit around and play play games during that time because everybody was lost their jobs and stuff like that kind of you know kind of what we've kind of seen this past year with this uh, pandemic we've been going through um, a lot of people at home uh, being laid off or furloughed or whatever and there's a lot of video games and stuff going on now too so um Let's see, over the next several decades, um, Parker Brothers continued to grow, producing games such as Clue, Risk, Sorry, um, and eventually Trivial Pursuit, um, and many other games. Uh, even after George's death in 1952, the company was still a family-owned until 1968 when uh, General Mills purchased them. So I think we kind of mentioned that before, um, where General Mills had, had bought them. Um, you know, we talked about it in, in the Nerf uh, episode we had in 1969. The Parker Brothers uh, produced that Nerf ball. Um, also, from 1887 all the way through the late 70s, they had they produced puzzles too to go along with the uh, um, <clears throat> to go along with their board games. Uh, the late 1970s, uh, Parker Brothers began to produce electronic versions of their board games. Um, 1977. They actually had an electronic action figure called Rome from the Space Knight. And it, no, it was kind of a robot thing that just had LED lights for his eyes. And 
kind of, it was just a robot thing. It really didn't do very well. Um, but Marvel picked it up, did a comic series with it, and the comic series actually took off, but the the, the action figure itself didn't. So, um, <clears throat> video games. Uh, they also did video games in the early '80s. They they put out like Frogger. Uh, there was a Popeye game for Nintendo. Uh, Qbert is another big one. Uh, Reactor, and then they also had the first video games for Star Wars. Um, so, uh, 1983. Uh, they established the book publishing branch, uh, which featured Care Bears. We've said that before in one of our things, Care Bears mm-hmm. and Short Cake. And then in 1985, General Mills merged merged Parker Brothers and Kenner, uh, creating Kenner Parker Toys, um, which was acquired, which was later, they were acquired by Tonka in 1987, which in turn was acquired by Hasbro in 1991. Um, and then Hasbro also owned Milton Bradley, um, and the two were consolidated as Hasbro Games in 1998. So that's a little good thing. History of the company there. Good thing they weren't like Milton Brothers Parker Force or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a nice little history about Parker Brothers. Um, the yeah. good thing is uh, it's a, a good company. Um, Obviously, it's been kind of switched around now that Hasbro has it. It's a couple different mergers there. But uh, for the most part, they were still putting out some quality quality games. Um, and we've never lost the the big ones that everybody really loves to play. So um, mm-hmm. even though – and there's, there hasn't been huge changes. Um, Monopoly has gone through quite a few. This is one of the games that we're going to talk about. Uh, Monopoly has gone through quite a few changes. But at the same time, you can still get the classic version of it. Um, whereas I know some, some companies don't, uh, they don't keep their classic stuff around. They don't really sell it. They just want to push the new stuff. Uh, Monopoly has gone through many of them, um, uh, changing. I mean, obviously, uh, you can get Monopoly for almost any town that you live in, um, uh, that's custom to the town. You can get it for there's Zelda, there's Dr. Who, there's almost any kind of pop culture that you can get it. I know, John, you have the Zelda one, don't you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I have I, I, I got several Zelda things. <laughs> yeah, I think we have the Zelda one and the Doctor Who. The Doctor Who is the one that the kids don't touch. So I know that that's the one that I've got. Um, yeah. But the classic Monopoly is my favorite. So let's let's start. Let's start with Monopoly. We'll start to talk about these. So, um, Michael, we have history. Let's touch up on the history of Monopoly real quick. Um, yeah, actually, it was it was created in 1903 by Lizzie Maggie. Uh, it was a game. It actually started out as a game to explain uh, the single tax theory of Henry George. Um, he was a politician at the time, um, and he had, uh, you know, I'm not a big political guy or anything, knows much about this, but um, he had a theory that a lot of people didn't like, and some people did. Um, but she came up with this game to kind of explain the, why what his idea was wrong. And, and and or good, um, however way you want to play it. Um, it was intended to educate the negative aspects of concentrating land in private monopolies. Uh, it was actually called the Landlord's Game at first, uh, and she published, self-published it beginning in 1906. Um, it originally had two sets of rules. There was an anti-monopolist set, uh, which we all were, which all were rewarded uh, when wealth. Um, was created 
And then there was a monopolist set of rules to create monopolies and crush opponents. So uh, we kind of know which which one of those set of rules actually stuck after uh, after uh, Parker Brothers took over. Yeah, so, crush them all. Yeah, we're going to crush them all, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> But in 1932, a guy named Charles Darrow actually played the game at a friend's place uh, in which afterwards he went on to utilize and distribute the game himself. Um, under the name Monopoly. Uh, uh, Parker Brothers soon bought the rights from Darrow, but then they found out that he wasn't the, the sole inventor of the game. Um, and when they found out that uh, that Maggie, uh, what's her first name? Lizzie Maggie Lizzie, was also yeah. the original thing. They actually uh, buying her patent, patent for the game for, for 500 bucks. That's cool that they went back and found her though. And, yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't, I don't know how they found out that he did. Uh, he must have said something to him, or they, or they, or she might have come up and found out that that guy sold her game or something. I don't know. So, uh, but then Parker Brothers began marketing the game in 1935, and uh, with the original version, which the the like still now. Uh, still based on the streets of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Um, now, over the years, there have been some updates to the game, but basically it stayed the same. Um, I think just the the way the game looks and some of the – they've had some updates on the street names and stuff like that as well throughout the years. So, But the basic play of the game is the same. So – so yeah, Monopoly is probably I think we've talked about it. Monopoly is probably our favorite out of you know most of the games that we've played growing up uh, between the three of us. I think we've played more games of Monopoly than than anything. And I I think it'd be fun to get together and play some more. Um I mean it takes six, seven hours for us to play a game of Monopoly. <laughs> but you know, hey, no, no big deal. Um there's they've gone through a lot of changes, as you kind of mentioned. They've got the you know, from from just the money. Uh, they they changed at one point where you had credit cards. Have y'all ever played that version of it? Yeah, I think uh, we had it. We had the credit card one. Yeah, that is, it makes it a lot easier because you're not having to count out, but it's not as much fun to me. Yeah. Um, and then there was the millionaire version where basically the uh, the winner was whoever got to a million dollars first instead of waiting to see who crushes who. It's just whoever got to a million dollars first. So just a couple of the versions. Um, then obviously... Uh, all the other ways that you can play like Zelda or Doctor Who or, you know, your, your city ones, which are just kind of the same thing, but customized, just customized yeah. boards. So, uh, no, lots we've, of got, we've got a couple copies. It's, um, uh, we got a dog awfully and then we got the Dale Earnhardt, um, uh, oh, yeah. um, and there's, uh, I love Lucy Monopoly is what we have as well. Oh, there you uh, go. I know growing up, I don't know where we got the, we got the pieces from, but um, I still have a bag in there. It still has um, a lot of the, uh, I think it's from like a 1950s game version of it. It has the wooden, the wooden houses and, and hotels and the, the smaller, smaller money, paper money in there as well. Yeah. That's a, that real old ones. Um, and this is one thing that I do remember. And the, the reason we're talking about board games today and it being New Year's Eve, um, I remember we always played board games on New Year's Eve, like mm -hmm. leading up 
yeah. to the ball drop um, that we did. So, yeah, this is this is why we're in. And the Monopoly was the big one that we played. So, um, I remember yeah, having it out on the table for days. Yeah, I mean, and if you're if you're if you're watching this, check out the icon or the the thumbnail for this podcast because I mean that's the three of us playing Monopoly. Actually, I think we, we kind of dissected it. You two are playing, and I'm helping or being the banker. I don't know. Maybe I'd already lost out at that point. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's just probably the icon out of all of these games that you know I enjoy the most. I know Bryony doesn't like to play it because she says it takes too long. Uh, but <laughs> that was the point back. I mean, now back then when we were younger, that was kind of the point because you had time to kill. You didn't have constant, you know, communication and if you, going on with everybody. And your parents gave you the board game to play because they wanted to get you out of your hair for you know six seven hours. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. why not? It's either a puzzle or it's a board game, and a board game takes up more people. So uh puzzles go by faster if there's more people doing them so all right anything else we could anything else we want to add about monopoly before we start talking about the second one yeah i just want to throw in there's okay. a piece of the history that i came across was uh with the british secret intelligence where they oh, yeah. uh, back in yeah. uh world war ii they redid it and they were doing it over there and then they started putting like things in for the prisoners of war to help them escape and stuff and they had these fake charities going in and distributing them so they'd have money or compass or maps you know just other things that could help them escape in the boxes and be like here and it was all part of the british secret service trying to get people out yeah that's i mean just the fact that they're using this game for for multiple things just really awesome it gives it a nice little uh history of backstory so all right let's move on to trivial pursuit let's talk about trivial pursuit Okay. So Michael's got to flip over and find that in his notes real quick. Yeah, exactly. Um, I kind of put these in number order in year order. So Trivial Pursuit is actually one of the newer newer games to um, right that we're going to talk about to uh, to Parker Brothers. Sorry, I'm jumping around because I'm putting a certain one last. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. So, uh, yeah. uh, it's a game. Uh, Trivial Pursuit is pretty much a game in which winning is determined by the player's ability to answer general knowledge questions. Um, yeah, I'm not good at you that. Can, you can roll <laughs> and move your, your thing around, your, your uh, game piece around, and you land on a square and you have to answer a question, and if you get it right, you get a little pie piece to put in that. Um, uh, it was created in 1979 uh, by a Canadian, uh, Chris Haney and Scott Abbott. Um, after actually they had a Scrabble game that they had going on, but they were missing some pieces. So they just came up, tried to come up with their own game. So that's how they created this. Um, once they found out their pieces were missing for Scrabble, um, they decided to do this trivia type game and they came up with the whole idea. Um, they had a couple other guys help them out, uh, John Haney and then Ed Warner. Um, they completed the game and it was released in 1981. Uh, the rights to the game were initially licensed to um, Selchow and Ryder in 1982, uh, which I think is a uh, Canadian. These are Canadian guys. I think that was a Canadian uh, company. Um, and then Parker Brothers um, actually bought the rights. Yeah, bought uh, bought the rights in 1988. Um, and then Hasbro actually bought the full rights in, in 2008. So it was licensed to Parker Brothers in 88, and then as and under Hasbro name, they bought the full rights in 2008. 
Um, there was 30 million different, 30 million games produced between 83 and 85. That's wow. a lot of games. That's a lot of years. games. Yeah. yeah. And then 1993, it was named to the Games Hall of Fame. <clears throat> so, um, with it being a pretty new game, and like I said, they created it in 79, and it didn't actually get released until 1981 to the public. And then by 93, it was in the Hall of Fame for games. So yeah. that was pretty quick. And there was a lot of those. Um, I know it says general general knowledge questions. <laughs> There's a lot of questions on there that's not really general general knowledge. but Yeah, um, there's uh, – as I was doing – kind of research on this one, trying to find things for it. Um, there is approximately about 30 or 40 questions in there that are considered genius level like yeah. questions. The funny thing yeah. is I was reading through this and it's not that it's necessarily genius level. It's just things that a lot of people just really don't know or don't remember. Um, this is my favorite after reading through all of them. So I want to see if you guys know this. Um, yeah. And this is one of the genius level questions. Um, who was Ross Perot's running mate in the 1992 presidential election? Oh, um, I have no clue. I can't remember. <laughs> his name? Or I can his, picture, but I can't remember his name. His name, title, everything. Like, it's it's a whole long, like, thing. It's Vice Admiral James Bond Stockdale. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. I so, remember Bill, but I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. I could see his face, but I couldn't think of who. Yeah, it's things like that that are in this that are like you know. It's not not that people don't know it. It's just the amount of people that don't know it. So yeah, uh, probably people in Mensa probably knew that. Not a big deal, you know. Whatever. So, um, Trivial Pursuits another fun one for me. Um, this is a good drinking game, if you ask me. Um, although it can go wrong very quickly if you don't know answers because um, we always played it to where you take a shot or you'd have to take a drink if you got any question wrong, um, which if you don't know a lot, it's very can be very harmful very quickly. Um, there are a couple of versions of this uh, that I really like playing. And one of them is the 80s version, one of them is the 90s version, and one of them is the 2000s version. Um, I'm pretty good at the 90s and the 2000s and the 80s. I've gotten better and better over the years. Um, just trying to remember things, um, obviously being the the when I was a, a little little kid. So for zero, seven years old. But, you know, um, I've gotten pretty good at them. So um, what you got anything you want to add on this, John, with Trivial Pursuit? Uh, no, it's not one that I play much of because of course there's a bunch of questions uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's one i kind of stay away from so i don't have much on this one michael's having some fun with his camera right now so um we, we he's in and out he's in and out he's doing some stuff um so let's uh are you with us michael hey, what are you with us yeah. okay um so anything you want to add to trivial pursuit before we move on to this one no, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, next one. Other, I, wanted... I, had a, I had a few other things, but it was on my notes that disappeared when my internet kind of crashed <laughs> on me. So. All right. <laughs> uh, next one I want to talk about is um, <clears throat> to me. I put it in the middle because it's like the worst game out of the list. It's still fun to play, but out of the list, it's the worst game. And it's sorry. So let's talk about sorry. <laughs> 
All right. So um, it's actually based on an ancient Indian game called Pachisi, I guess. How you say that? I don't know. Um, in which players move their game pieces around the board in order to get them all on, all on home uh, before the other players do. Um, it was uh, created by William H. Story. Um, he filed for a patent for this in 1929 um, in the U.K., and then later in the U.S. in 1930, um, it was actually it was adopted by Parker Brothers in 1934. Um, that's pretty much what I've got on that that game. So. Yeah, there's there's not a lot to this. I mean, this is a this is a, a game where you start out with some uh, some figures, you move around the board, you try to get you try to get figures home. Mm. Um, it is a classic. Um, it's it's fun to play, especially with little kids that yeah. don't get all of the details for, for harder games like Monopoly or uh, Trivial, don't know answers to Trivial Pursuit. Um, and, you know, the next two games that we're going to talk about are, are pretty big. So when you when you don't have a lot of that, this is fun to play with kids. So uh, probably why it's, you know, the worst out of the list, because, I mean, obviously we're adults, but um, as we were kids growing up, I mean, I, I enjoyed playing it. It was fun, right? Quick game. I think no ours has the little bobber thing that you push down and pop it in the center of it and the dice was that was that sorry or was that trouble that's trouble that's that trouble, trouble? That's no, trouble. which is kind of the same thing um it's it's kind of the same thing it's a little bit different but it's kind of the same thing so uh i'll, I'll let you i'll let you slide with that one john um <laughs> all right well look, luckily we they, can look, move they on. look similar john they do look similar <laughs> We can move on from sorry pretty quickly, and uh, let's talk about Risk. This is another fun one that I I remember I remember who taught me how to play Risk. So, uh, Michael, give us some history about Risk. Okay, uh, so Risk is a strategy game of diplomacy, conflict, and conquest. Um, it was invented in 1957 by Albert Le Maurice. Um I believe he was French, um, and it was released in 1957 as um, I can't say what the French title is. So in English, it's the conquest of the world. La conquête monde. Yeah, what you just said. Uh, <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> way to put that. <laughs> it was it was actually bought by Parker Brothers and released in 1959 as Risk: The Continental Game, and then later as Risk: The Game of Global Domination. Uh, the standard version is played on a board uh, depicting a political map of the world divided into 42 territories, uh, which are grouped into six different continents. Uh, the goal of the game is to occupy everything or every territory and eliminate the other players. So this is another one that can be drawn out for, for a very long time yes. as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I do believe this is probably the second longest game that we ever played. Uh, Monopoly... I think we always got into Monopoly more, and we would make sure we finished games. Uh, but with this, I don't know if we always finished these games, uh, which is maybe why. If we finished them, maybe they'd be the longest. I don't, I don't know. Well, but uh, I remember playing this at Nanny and Pops a lot. Yeah, that's what and, I was going to say. I learned how to, the fact that we had to leave, so we couldn't finish. We couldn't finish. I learned how to play from Nanny. Um, I specifically know that, uh, and I'm sure it was a game between all of us. But uh, Nanny's who taught me how to play. I remember the the. The little boxes that had all the all the the figures in it are the pieces, and she had, there were six or eight different colors. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we all pick one. Um, I tried to play with black as much as possible. Uh, I don't know why. Black was fun. Um, <laughs> or red. Always and then, I always had the yeah, green guys. Michael, Michael did green. John did blue. I was always black or red, something like that. But I remember we played down there. So uh, this is this was always fun. I, I liked this one. And um, actually, there's quite a few uh, like iPad or mobile games that are kind of like this um, that I that I played for the longest. It's been a little while since I played them, but uh, they're a lot of fun. Uh, just taking over the world is is fun so you know why not yeah anything we want to add to this one before we move on so we're kind of just running through these kind of giving a little history and and everything on each one of them so um the uh the last one the last big game that we're going to talk about before we just kind of open up and maybe any any little games that pop up um is clue this is so much. I love this. Um, clues for so many different reasons. Uh, the movie, the game, everything about it, the the changing when they tried to, when they killed off people. It's, we'll get into that. Uh, Michael, give us some history about Clue. Okay. So Clue or Cluedo is the original name. Um, is invented by, was invented by Anthony E. Pratt and originally named Murder. Um, shortly afterwards, uh, Pratt and his wife, Elva, uh, presented the game to to Waddington's, which is a uh, kind of like Parker Brothers over in, in, in the UK, um, who immediately purchased the game and changed the name to Cluedo. Uh, because, because of post-war shortages, uh, the official launch of the game was postpone, postponed until 1949. So it was about two years later by the time they got, they were able to publish it. Um, Cluedo is is the name of clue and ludo which is which means i play and i'm mm-hmm. trying to remember what language that that is in um because like i said it was on my notes that i had it's gone now so um but anyway so that's kind of where that name came from um it was at that time in 1949 when it was published it was simultaneously simultaneously licensed to parker brothers oh, it's um latin. it's latin okay uh, it was licensed to Parker Brothers in the U.S., where it was renamed as Clue. Um, Probably a good call for them. <laughs> yeah, the original concept uh, was different from the actual published version that we know now that we know about. Um, the original one had actually had ten characters and had two extra rooms, which were a gun room and a cellar, and then they had nine weapons instead of the six that we know of. So, yeah, some of those <coughs> weapons are kind of interesting. The unused bomb, syringe. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to try to say a, the name of this one, but it was like a walking stick, the fire walking stick, place. and there was a fireplace poker, an yeah. axe, and poison. Um, yeah. the the bomb. I feel like that's maybe killing multiple people, uh, <laughs> right. not just the one. So that might be why it's unused. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a game uh, once you use them. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Also, it was originally marked marketed as the great new detective game, and a deal was made to uh, license it as the great new Sherlock Holmes game, um, since it was originally from the UK. Uh, so they thought they would kind of uh, uh, Conan Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle um, get with them and kind of I, I got his name backwards, but anyway, to get with his 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 group there and make sure 
and see if they can connect the two together. So uh, they kind of marketed it as the great new Sherlock Holmes game, like I just said. Um, but there was no depictions of Sherlock uh, of Sherlock appearing on the advertising or the box. They yeah. just they just said that was what it was. So uh, from 1950 to the 60s, uh, the game was marketed as the great detective game. Um, and then also it became known as Parker Brothers Detective Game. Uh, 1972 edition uh, commercial that they had for it. Uh, they actually did show Holmes and Watson uh, engaged in a game of Clue. And then 1979 commercials had a, a detective resembling a bumbling Inspector uh, Inspector Clouseau uh, from the Pink Panther series. Um, and then 1986, the slogan slogan added "classic detective game," uh, which lasted until the early 2000s. So, just some marketing and slogan slogans on that as well. Yeah, this, uh, like I said, this is one of my favorites, just because of the fear, like the, the gameplay was a lot of fun. Um, just being able to like having to guess what who killed who with what in what room, uh, the cards that are in the middle of the, the board, and being able to run back and forth, and then you add on top of that. Uh, the movie that was made that has multiple endings um, right. depending on like um, a little history about that. They filmed all of those endings and had no idea which one was going to be the official. That would be like, everybody knows um, yeah. they knew that they were going to probably play all of them at the end of the DVD, or I guess that back then it was VHS or whatever uh, that it was going to be there, but they didn't know which one was going to be like the official. They were all just like, I don't know who the real murderer is, which is kind of cool that they kind of kept it that way. Yeah. So if, if you went to the theater one day, you would see one ending and you went later and you saw a different ending, didn't you? Yeah. You could see different endings, I guess. So yeah. um, just a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, the, the actors they had that were just great. Um, I love them. And uh, just like the board game itself, it was, it was just interesting. Now they've updated it. Um, there's a few things that they've updated. Um, obviously, they've changed out some weapons. They've done some things there. Um, they actually killed off Mrs. White a few years ago um, and retired her. Actually, I guess is what they said. They retired <laughs> her. Um, and off. yeah, I don't remember. They what did they? Who did they replace her with? Uh, they replaced her with somebody. But they were like, well, we're done with the maid, I guess, um, and so we're gonna have just somebody else. And then. Um, there was another big change that I can't remember what it is at the top of my head now. Um, but yeah, there's, and there's different versions of this too. Like I've seen a Rick, I think it was a Rick and Morty version of it. Um, there's, you know, just like different, different stuff. Like it's kind of like the Monopoly one. I don't think it's as, as widespread as Monopoly, but there's a lot of stuff in here that, you know, they just do different versions. So it makes it a lot of fun. So, John, what do you have on Clue? Do you have, do you remember anything about this game, like playing it? No, we still play it. Uh, we have one, but I think reading into it, I like the old style rules and kind of yeah. the gameplay that when I was reading, I was like, oh man, that would make the game go a little bit longer, I think. Yeah. Because you had to go to the rooms and actually see the cards, or you had to land on someone to be able to accuse them or whatnot. Yeah, you had little tokens or something <laughs> that you would so, use to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that that you know they're just trying to make things run a little faster. You know, um, again, this is the the time where you know people have you know mental awareness of like thirty seconds before they want to do something else. I also uh, like the fact that they changed the lead pipe from actually using lead so and stopped using lead. Is it a PVC pipe now? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no more lead. Adam, no more the original lead pipe was actually lead pipe. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, the little characters, like all of them, the little pieces that I remember having in our, our board game, just a lot of fun. So, all right. Those are our five games that we kind of want to talk about that we concentrated on. Um, Monopoly, Clue, Trivial Pursuit, Sorry, and Risk. Um, and obviously we talked about Rook a little bit. Um, but uh, any other games that you guys remember growing up playing? Um, I don't know. I, I Without having to look, I wouldn't know if they were Parker Brothers or not. But, you know, whatever. I'd have to go back and look to see if they were. But, I mean, those are the ones I remember the most of, especially Monopoly. That Yeah. You know, and- it's like- Time. And I, if I vaguely remember, I don't know. I'm sure Nanny and Pop had a Monopoly game, but I vaguely remember, like growing up, if if we were at home, we were playing Monopoly, and if we went to Nanny and Pop's, we were playing Risk. Um, like I said, I'm sure they had a Monopoly set, and we probably played down there. But that just seemed to be like the division where we were at. If we were going to play what we were going to play. So, which is yeah. probably why we played Monopoly on New Year's Eve more than anything, because we were always at home. Um, um, until you know you got out and left me there with mom and dad to eat all the uh <coughs> all the shrimp and crab legs yeah not a problem no, me, I, so. I think um they must have started shrimp and crab legs after i left yeah i think they did <laughs> yeah i think so um I'm trying to think if you know, one thing, one other game I remember playing the most out of uh, is Battleship, but I'm not sure. That oh, yeah, Battleship. Milton, Milton Bradley. I was trying to look that up. Um, uh, it's a part of Hasbro family. So, yeah, it's it's a it's also a uh, part of this group as well. So Battleship okay. was one that I like playing. Um, yeah, that was out, of, out of these that we've talked about, you know, Monopoly and Risk were the two biggest games I played the most. Um, I did play, we did have a Trivial Pursuit game in the 80s that we, we sat down. I, I played a little bit on it. Um, I played Sorry a few times, uh, but I don't, I, I don't remember ever playing Clue, although it does, I would probably love playing it. I don't, I don't I think you really like it. I think you'd like it, playing yeah. that one a lot. But I think we might have got that after after I was out of the house or whatever and doing other things. But I think you guys played on it more than I. Uh, I don't remember playing it at all. But like I said, sorry, I played once or twice before. Uh, but the biggest games for me is is Monopoly and Risk are the two biggest ones that that I enjoyed playing. Yeah. What are you looking at, John? I was pulling up some more of theirs because board games. Uh, oh, okay. 1951. They had uh, who? Who? Oh, that's who? a. That- uh, not guess who, just who? It's just who, yeah. I don't know. That. Guess who was always uh, a fun one. Uh, I don't hey, remember if, if life. I'm trying to see if life was life. I don't Going back yeah, real quick to the battleship, it is a Mel- Milton Bradley uh, game. It was part of uh, Hasbro when they combined the two together. When they combined them, yeah. So. It's a Milton Bradley game. It's not a. So we'll probably game. we'll probably talk about that. I think we're going to do board games. Bradley. Yeah, I think we're going to do board games next year too. So we'll probably talk about Milton Bradley at that point. So yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about rankings real quick. We didn't talk about how we were going to rank these. Um, I think we should rank basically Milton or uh, Parker, Parker Brothers. Um, you got Milton Bradley in my head now. Uh, I think we should <laughs> like rank Parker Brothers and kind of these. 
when we talk about Parker Brothers, it's these five-ish, six-ish games, you know, that we remember. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, they probably had some crappier games uh, that we didn't like to play or anything new. But this is kind of the 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 base six that we're kind of talking about. So, so big, yes, they're big, they're bigger games, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let me see. Let me pull this up so we could talk about our rankings. So, Michael, where would you put these uh, Parker Brothers games at? Um, in your list let's see looking at them they would probably go just board games I would put them put them right there right with uh, I'll do number 10 with the right above the WWF superstars right in that area Okay, so number ten. So you're pushing down WWE superstars. WWE superstars. All right, that's a good. That's a good placement. We have some really good toys on this list. So putting board games up here is going to be kind of hard to do. Yeah. Um, all right, John. Let's look at yours. Here we go. Where would you put this? Hard as you think, because I'm surprised he put it so low. Uh, because we did have such a childhood with these games and stuff, and we still love playing games. I just enjoyed those others more than I did the games. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I can understand why it's it's kind of hard yeah, to push them. Yeah, I'm a little bit different. Yeah. I'm yeah, we know you're weird. Number one spot. What? So, wow! Wow! I, I think board games were a big part of it. I remember that more than I do a lot of the toys. So, all right. So <laughs> okay. I'm I'm kind of in the middle here. Um, I'm probably going to put mine um, at seven. Uh, I guess well, I'm closer down to the little. I I remember some of these other stuff a lot more and playing with them and whatnot. But they were a huge part of our childhood, and I don't anticipate these. Well, I don't know what what all the stuff that we're gonna talk about. Um, I don't know if they'll stay in my top ten for forever, but uh, obviously they're gonna drop out of Michael's pretty quick. But um, you know, I I would like to have them. They're they I feel like they belong in the top ten forever, but I don't know where they fall because as we keep adding more and more toys. Um, they'll be so in mine for a while. <laughs> they'll be in John's for a while. Number ten or number one for John, number ten for Michael, yeah. number seven for me. I'm I'm a little closer there in the middle. So, um, yeah, and these are just these six. I mean, who knows? Once we start talking about um, next year, we talk about some more board games. Who knows where they're going to be at? So, all right. Um, so that's our toy truce. Or sorry, that's our toy rankings and our history. We've talked about them a little bit. Now it's time to talk about some toy truce game. So right now, as we're going into the game, I forgot to mention it earlier. Don't forget to play our game with the Bingo podcast. Yeah. Uh, So check us out on podcastbingo.com backslash toy rewind. Nice segue there, John. Um, All right. So what we're going to do is we've got six rounds of toy truths. And well, Michael's back now. He can actually buzz in now. So um, (laughs) I was a little worried about that for a second. Um, we will need you. I will need you guys to buzz in on Facebook um, instead of the the comments here, so I can keep things together. So uh, make sure you have your Facebook open. Uh, we've got we've got uh, six rounds, and right now um, ties are after the Motum episode. Since we didn't have it for last week, uh, the scores are thirty and thirty. So you're nice and tied up. So. Uh, be sure you guys are ready to you guys are ready to, to buzz in. So let's uh let me get this large. 
Yeah. And okay. And everybody's ready. All right, here we go. Statement number one. The original Monopoly diecast token tokens were inspired by Daro's nieces who recommended varying nuts and bolts. Statement number two. Most people learn to play Risk at around age 10. And statement number three, Clue's Colonel Mustard was originally Colonel Yellow. John. Uh, I'm going to say statement number two is wrong. You're going to go with spa statement. You said statement number two. Oh. That is incorrect. Michael. <laughs> You have a chance to steal, which, if you remember, um, buzzing in and getting it right the first time gets you two points. Buzzing in on, or if you can steal, Michael, you can get a point and John will lose a point. Um, okay, so the John, you said you said the second one is what you guessed. Yeah, that was wrong. Uh, number one was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> number one was wrong. Can you tell me what was right about number one? Instead of it being the Monopoly diecast tokens were inspired by Daro's nieces who recommended varying nuts and bolts. Um, I don't remember. Um, I'm like, you don't John, know what was part, wrong about I knew, this? Part, I knew the second two were right. So, that's the, <laughs> uh, so Daro's nieces originally had told him to use pieces from, um, Bracelets, um, gotcha. charm, charm bracelets, like charm, oh, charm pieces. Bracelets. Okay. Uh, that's what that, that's round one. So we're at, uh, Michael's at 31. And, uh, did you just message in Michael? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, I don't know what it was doing just a minute ago. Somehow it was on the wrong. Okay. I, so. I, just, I just want to make sure. I sent it through messenger for somebody else. So, somebody right, else so Michael's me. at 31. John is at 29. <laughs> All, All right, right, here we go. Everybody ready? Yeah. Round two. In the 1970s, a Braille edition of Monopoly was created for the visually impaired. Risk was originally named La Conquête du Monde, or The Conquest of the World. I tried. I had to listen to that multiple times so that I can get it down. <laughs> and Clue was originally named Murder at High Castle. And John, just by like seconds... Uh, three. Three was correct. Can you tell me what was correct about that? Uh, it's just murder. It's just murder. There's no high castle. I was hoping that Michael wouldn't say that in his... Uh, I didn't get my so. check mark. Oh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> ding, ding. All right, here we go. Round three. Score is 31 to 31. John's come back up with his two points there. All right, round three. Um, it's estimated that over 6 billion greenhouses and over 2 billion red hotels have been built for the Monopoly games. Statement two, the total amount of money in a standard game of Monopoly is $22,560. And statement number three, Clue was invented during the UK air raids of World War II. Uh, Michael. Michael. Um. It was the second one. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was the second one. <laughs> B. Because, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, well, I think he was going to say B. Yeah, it was, it was B. Yeah. All right. Do you know how Do you know how much money is in the standard board game? 
the total amounts in the whole game, it's a lot more yeah. than that because 22,560, I think, is what you start off the game right with, right? So I, what I had and what I had listed is what, what's in there is 20,580. 20,000. Okay. Now I got you. I got you. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, well, off. I think you start out with like 2,000 Two. something, I think. Yeah, yeah, 2,000 or something. I remember. So. It's been a while since I've actually played that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, here we go. Round four. Uh, current score is Michael 33, mm-hmm. John 31. Um, all right. Round four. Parker Brothers and Waddington's games each produced distinct versions of Clue up until 1992 when Hasbro purchased both companies. Statement number two. In 1978, the Neiman Marcus Christmas catalog offered a chocolate version of the Monopoly priced at $1,600. And statement number three. Mr. Green was originally a reverend, but Parker Brothers objected to a reverend being a suspect of murder, changing his career. And John. Dang. Um, One. You said said one? (laughs) Sorry, John. Michael. Um, it was, uh, the three, cause I don't remember him ever being a reverend. Incorrect. Let's go look at the second one. In 1978, oh, the, the Neiman Marcus version, Christmas yeah. catalog offered a chocolate version of the Monopoly game that was priced at $600. That's $1,600. Okay. That's one of those small details. I win. I get all the points. Okay. Um, yeah. It's so no, when it's, with it being chocolate and stuff, I was like, okay, maybe that I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mr. Mean, Green was a reverend originally, okay. but uh, Parker Brothers didn't—they didn't think a reverend would be murdering people. So sure they wanted to to make sure that was that was right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're still at thirty-three, thirty-one, uh, round five. Here we go. Uh, Monopoly was initially rejected by Parker Brothers due to 52 different fundamental errors. Statement two, in 2016, Hasbro killed off Mrs. White in favor of Dr. Orchid, which is a crazy name. Uh, Statement number three, Risk has been inducted into three different Hall of Fames. John. Two. So you you don't think it was Dr. Orchid? 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 I don't think they killed her off because you said earlier they retired her. Well, killed her off. <laughs> I did say retired. Or I did say killed her off first. <laughs> if you remember right. It is not that one. So, Michael. Uh, it was What was the first one? I think it's the first one. But let me... I don't know if I should like let you know what these are. Again. You can't read like them back. Cheating. <laughs> like. Well, you- I don't know. Uh, Monopoly was initially rejected by Parker Brothers due to 52 fundamental errors. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say that's it. You're going to say it was that one? I win again. I don't know. Risk risk has been inducted into two different Hall of Fames. Um, The Games Games Magazine Hall of Fame and the Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Design Hall of Fame. Not three. Sorry. I win again. I am the master of this game. Um, also, I know they. I know all the answers. All right, here we go. Round six. Um, we're still at 31, 30, 33, 31. Okay. 33, 31. 
Statement number one, Lizzie Maggie first developed the Monopoly game in 1903. Statement number two, in 1990, Risk was released as a video game for the first time for the original NES. And statement number three, Trivial Pursuit was jointly created by Chris Haney and Scott Abbott, Canadian newspaper editors, over a game of Scrabble in late 1979. Michael. Second one. The second one. Um, so in 1990, Risk was not created as a video game for the original NES? Yeah, That's what you're saying? funny because the first one she didn't, I'm trying to think, she, she invented it, but she didn't name it Monopoly. But so. you're saying this one, right? Now let's go with the first one. Now I'm thinking about it. It was this one. Oh, I should have given John the chance to steal that one. <laughs> Dang it. You did. You gave it to me. Uh, so John right, gets it. I should get my I one, one right the first time, wasn't I? And he it, should yeah. miss his one point. Yes. Yeah. I'm giving it to you, John. Don't worry. Okay. It's uh 32 to 32 now. Yeah. So what's what's wrong about that one? Um, the first time Risk was developed for a video game was in 1988 for the Commodore 64. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. um, actually, so I stuck with my original. You should. Um, <laughs> if he, he would have named it have. right, because actually she didn't. Yeah, she so didn't this develop is, Monopoly game. This is one that I changed in the course of our game here, uh, or in the course of our podcast here, because. Daro was the one that named it and and everything, but the way that the game, the way it went, um, I decided to go with Lizzie because I don't know. She she developed the game. Yeah. Um, but she didn't name it Monopoly. She didn't name it Monopoly. So this is a little condescending. Or whatever, but, so, so I thought you were trying to trick us again, and that, <laughs> that's why that's why I second guessed myself. So. Yeah, this one was a pretty big one. So oh well. Um, we're at thirty-two, thirty-two. After everything comes out, so Michael's shaking his. Stop shaking your head, no, Michael. <laughs> I tricked you, and that's all that matters. All right, um, there's our game. Um, I hope that all these little facts and fun tidbits that everybody enjoyed them. Uh, this has been a fun one to talk about because, like, like John mentioned, board games are such a big thing for our childhood. Um, not all these, not along with these toys, but if we were together, we were pretty much playing a board game of some sort, uh, for the most part. So, um, huge, huge thing for us. So, um, anything you guys want to add to it before we take care of some shout outs? Sit down and play with your kids. Board games are still need to be a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we'll play some board games with your kids. Um, we enjoy here in our house, we enjoy playing the, uh, villainous board game, um, because there's so many different characters and you can switch it out and how people play different characters is a lot different. So um, it's not like you're playing, uh, even though Monopoly is a lot of fun, it's not, and you can play different ways or whatever, but it's not the same thing. It's never the same game twice. So it um, can be a lot of fun. So I recommend checking that one out. Just all right. how the, the roll of dice rolls. <laughs> it is it is so all right well uh with that um if you're looking for something geeky nerdy dorky or just entertaining to uh to watch or listen to be sure you check out all of our fellow podcasters uh secondary heroes totally rad movie podcast movie retakes nerd portraits uh sts guys nerdy curious three beers and a mic the four the four dorksmen i was that didn't sound right for a second uh, the Four Dorksmen, Average Nerd Podcast, and Geek Together. 
Um, those are all some pretty good ones. You can catch them out on Twitch. Um, they do lives a lot. Uh, check them out on any podcasting, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and also, if you're looking for somebody to watch that's pretty regular, um, go check out Sully on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv backslash, backslash CS Sully. Um, and, uh, you know, next week we've got a pretty good episode coming up. We're talking about some, another big, another big line of toys. Um, and, uh, a lot of things that may be changing here around the, uh, Toy Rewind podcast. So, uh, be sure you give that a go. And, uh, I want to say, I hope everybody's enjoyed the first 22 episodes of, uh, Toy Rewind. Um, this is our last one for 2020. Um, so yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it and nerds unite. So, uh, what do you guys have anything else to, before we sign out? Uh, it's, I think you were trying to say the fort Dormans, the, f- the fork Dormans, the no, fork uh, Dormans. There you go. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've had, I've this year it's been pretty fun. I'm looking forward to next year, uh, with more, uh, more toy lines coming. Uh, we got some big ones coming down the line in the next few months um and so yeah really really looking forward to to what's coming up for us so john sounds good to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think uh it's been a lot of fun getting 2020 uh it'll be i'll be happy to get it behind us uh we're gonna have a lot of fun in 2021 and uh like i said some changes for the the toy rewind podcast just as we've been learning um doing things but uh i don't think uh, you'll be losing out on anything at this point so uh I guess with that, and uh, on behalf of the Brothers Newland here at the Toy Rewind Podcast, play on, and we'll see you in 2021. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.